Hi, everyone. This is Mike, and this is not going to be a typical Free Indeed podcast. We'll start off as somewhat typical. It's also going to be a little bit longer, as you might have already seen in the download. We are um, actually going to be having a very special interview. And so I just want to kind of lead that up for you, tee that up for you, just to let you know that um, this episode, yes, is going to be a little longer. I had thought about whether to break it into two parts and the conversation just didn't lend itself to breaking it apart. I probably could have, but it probably also would have sounded a little artificial, I guess, is the is the term. So I do hope you enjoy this uh, special edition of the Free Indeed podcast. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast. This is episode 43. 43. That's 43. a good number. Kirk's going to look up the number again. Kirk's going to look up 43. You, you know, y'all know how I roll by now. Um, We've missed a few of them, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we have. we missed a bunch of them. But this one in Hebrew is written as Mem and Gimel. Uh, so we're going to the biblical meaning. We're going to the biblical meaning. Yeah, because some of those other ones get kind of weird, kind of creepy. Um, the first part of that, that 40, actually 40 is the number of testing, but anyhow... Uh, Gimel is a camel, the way it's written, signifying elevation or glorification to a position of authority. And then um, the three is something, I don't know. Yeah. But well, anyhow. There you go. Yeah, it's one of those. I liked what you found. It seemed like you found another one, though. That yeah, wasn't. there's another one that said, like, the meaning of the number 43 resonates with safety and stability. The angel number 43 usually appears when your life hangs in the balance and you need to make a quick but important decision. It can be a bigger problem for you in the future, so your guardian angels are urging you to take care of them now, whatever that means. Okay. Sure. So there's yeah. uh, quasi-biblical in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So our episode today has a very special guest with us. Thank you. Thank you for me being Kirk, a special you're guest. special, but you're not that, that special. Thank you. We I have feel a, special. We have a specialer guest here with specialer, us. Specialer? I'm pretty sure you just made up that word. Yes, just like we made up our number. We game. make up a lot of stuff. <laughs> People have no idea. So uh, we have a guest here that we'd like to introduce to you. We've talked about her a lot of times. Uh, uh, we gave her a name. Kirk gave her a name back in the day. Uh, and we want to just quickly re uh, just reacquaint you with why this person, why this special guest has any power. Now, if you've listened to the last number of episodes, we have gone through the six V's, and we're just going to quickly go through them one more time. I'm going to read the first three. Kirk, could you read the last three? I can. You could do it from memory. I probably could. Because you wrote this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I probably could. The first one is visualization. His eyes are the windows to his soul. Variety is the number. The next one, unlimited amounts of change. Variety is the spice of life. And then vitality. That makes him feel like a superhero. And what guy doesn't want to feel like a superhero? Nah, Come no, on, man. No kidding. Every guy does. Every guy wants to feel like a superhero. Yeah, so the fourth one is victory. And victory, he never loses. He always wins. Why? Because he never hears no. He always hears yes. Every time he sits down at a slot machine, cha-ching, jackpot. Um, I could keep going on. But there we go. Number five is vacation. She is the escape. She is his getaway from everything in his life he wants to escape from. She's there. She's a cruise ship waiting at the pier. Anytime he wants to get on board, she'll take him on a, a fantastic voyage. And uh, she'll, she'll treat him like royalty while he's out there on the open seas with her. And then the last one is validation. She gives him so much affirmation 
then it becomes validation. It becomes a form of identity for them. Unfortunately, identity uh, is also, you know, slavery is an identity. Freedom is an identity too, but slavery is an identity. So that's would be the, those would be the six V's. Visualization, variety, vitality, victory, vacation, and validation. So this special person who offers all of these six V's is our special guest today. What? We, we have with us today the IP mistress. The, the one and only? The IP mistress. Wow, like the one that was written about in that book? Yes, that book that you can get on Amazon for your eyes only by Kirk M. Samuels. Yes. Oh, yeah, dog. <laughs> yes, we are interviewing pornography today. We are interviewing the entity. We're, we're interviewing her. Wow. wow. Has anybody ever done I don't this before? Think, I think this is like a, a first time in history. I think this has never happened before in podcast, broadcast, or human history that anyone has ever interviewed pornography. So you need to forward this on to somebody and say, wow, we have actually interviewed, we have heard the voice of pornography, metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. So we would like to, without further ado, introduce to you the IP mistress. How are you, ma'am? No, really. Like, how are you? I'm well. You're well? Hey, so what do we call you? Do we call you I? Do we call you P? Do we call you mistress? Do we call you, like, what, what, what do we call you? Like, I, I mean, you know, how, how can we refer to you in here? Call me whatever you want. Really? Word? Like, anything is cool? Just call me. Wow. DFW, huh? Down for whatever? Okay. Uh, that's, that's an inside thing. Anyhow. Well, we have some questions for you whatever we're going to call you, Miss Mistress. <laughs> um, we have, in no particular order, we'd like to just kind of find out from you some, some things about how you operate, how you think, um, you know, what do you do to get to a man. We just visited these six Vs. You heard us talk about these six Vs, right? Uh, does any one of those six Vs, um, do they have any kind of, um, does any one of those come to the top of your list of, priorities that you want to do to reach a guy? I think they're all important and equal in my opinion. So if I wanted to come to you for visualization, what, what is it about the visualization that, is, um, that brings that kind of power? Men are visual creatures, and I cater to that. So you'll offer to him anything he wants to look at? All the time. Anytime. Wow. Wow. And his eyes are the windows to the soul. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, I, I mean, is it possible for, I mean, is it possible for a guy to, even when his eyes are closed, to see you? Absolutely. Huh. It's even better. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Word. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm going to weave in and out of these six V's because these six V's are, are so powerful. I know you know the power of these six V's. Ms. Mistress. I can't, <laughs> can't think of how to pronounce that. Ms. Mrs. Ms. I don't know. You're not married, are you? No. You're not? Have you ever been married? No. Do you have a need for marriage? Not at all. Do you like marriage? Do you I care don't. about marriage? I don't. Really? Like you don't even like that's not even a thing for you. Not at all. What are you? Tell me about. Are you? What about commitment? Are you about commitment? I like him committed to me. Oh, wow. I can see that. 
Are you committed to him? Yes, along with 40 million other men. Wait a minute. What? Wait, 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 wait. Say, 40, what do you mean by 40 million other men? In his mind, I'm committed to him only. Mm. The truth is, he shares me. He shares you with who? 40 million other men. Wow. Wow. And, and you're okay with that? It's what I want. Wow. That's a lot. Are you, I mean, can you, can you handle that many? I mean, like, that's, a, I mean, that's, is that too much for you to handle? Like, can you keep, I mean, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot of people to keep happy at one time. The number's growing by the day. Are you? Absolutely. Can you grow, like, with that exponentially? Like, I mean, can you keep up with that? Easily. Wow. Wow, that's kind of scary. That, that's, that's that's really scary. Um, and so when when you don't when you when you're with the guy or the forty million guys, um, do you think they care that you're with other men? They don't think about it. Hmm. Wow. How do you know what they think? I know what they like. How do you know? It's been proven. Mm. I mean, have you known them for a long time or something? Or I have lots of experience. Wow. Mm. I was going to ask the question, how young do you start this relationship with a, with a guy? As young as possible. Hmm. So you'll meet up with a, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll start a relationship with a guy that's in elementary school. Absolutely. That sounds a little perverted to me, though. Is that something you are comfortable with? Yes. I know my intentions. You don't have any conscience about it? I mean, like, you don't feel guilty about that at all? I mean, are you okay with that? I think it's in his best interest. What do you mean? I think I meet all of his needs. Wow. Even, like, his eight-year-old needs? Wow. Any age. Really? His 48-year-old needs? Mm -hmm. His 78-year-old needs? I'm versatile. Ooh. That would be an extra V. Versatile. (laughs) (laughs) That would be an extra V. I need to go back and start over from scratch with the daggone book. Um, But when you talk about versatile... Does that mean you can change? Is that does that mean? I mean, does that? I mean, to me, that sounds like variety. That that sounds like the ability to just become something. I adapt to whoever he is, and whatever he needs at that age. Ooh, what if he needs like something from one hour different to the next hour? Then I meet that need. What if he needs something from one minute different than the next minute? I'll meet that need. What about from one second, like one instant, to another? That's what keeps him coming back. Ooh. I mean, what if he has some outlandish, like, he wants, I mean, whatever he can visualize. I mean, what, what if, you know, what if he has some something he has never even experienced before in real life? Can you become that? I've already become that, and I introduce him to even more. <laughs> so are you saying you're, you're a progressive type of relationship that you can move 
to a place where maybe he hasn't thought of yet? Yes, I lead him into more. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does he, do, you, do you know what he wants before he does? I tell him what he wants. Okay. Mm. But what if, he, what if he comes to you and he wants something outlandish from you? Like, what if he wants you to do something that he would never, ever, ever ask or expect from anybody else, like his wife or girlfriend? What if he comes to you with some kind of something, you know, some kind of secret little, I don't know, fantasy or some secret little thing that he's never told anybody that he might be? What if he comes to you with something that's really weird and really twisted? I mean, what's your response to that? I don't consider anything outlandish. Whatever he wants, I give him. And so when's the last time you told him no to something? I would never say no. Never? Never. Not one time? The answer's always yes. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So why are you so persistent? I want him. I want all of him. I want to consume him. Huh. So, now, uh, wait a minute. Ooh. I, it, are you consuming him or is he consuming you? Both. Wow. That's like a picture of that, that snake where the snake is like eating its own his tail. tail. <laughs> wow. I never thought about that before. Ooh. It's a vicious cycle. So you're persistent with him because you just want to get him to the point of being consumed by it. What exactly do you want from him? Tell me what you want from this, this man out there. Everything. I want his time. I want his attention, his affection, his allegiance. I want his money. I want every part of him. What if he's married? That matters not. What if he has, like, a job? I mean... Well, I mean, you know, what if he has, like, kids, and what if he has, like, a business, or what if he has, like, a ministry? What if he's, like, a pastor, and he's, you know, leading, like, a whole bunch of people in faith? I mean, you know, what if, you know, what if he has, like, some serious stuff that he could lose in life? I think we are the priority. Our relationship trumps all of that. Hmm. And you don't care if he loses any of that stuff? He gains me. Hmm. Do you, do you ever see that you are um, invading his marriage or his family or his bedroom? Is that important to you in any way? None of those are meeting all of his needs like I can. Hmm. And you see in him what? Power, desire, he desires me and I desire him. I have his attention even when he's with his wife. When, when you say you, I mean, if that's what you see in him, are those admirable traits to you? Yes. He's attractive. Do you admire him? I do. What do you admire about him? He's amazing. 
he's desirable. He's, I couldn't ask for anything more. Wow. He's consistent. Like he's coming back pretty regularly to you? He comes to me and he's all I could dream of. Do y'all spend a lot of time together? As much time as he has. Really? I'm available. Wow. Is that like, are we talking minutes? Are we talking hours? I mean, what does that time look like? Whatever time he has that he can fit me in, I'm grateful for. And you're okay, like, for, with his extras? Like, you're okay with just him fitting you into, you know, his time, day and night schedule? Kind of, you okay with that? I don't expect much. So I'm grateful for whatever time we have, and it seems to grow all the time. Wow. So you see him as, like, that special, like, that you're just okay with whatever time you get? He is special. Do you make him feel special? I mean, do, I mean, does, does do you do you communicate that to him? I do. I think that's why he spends so much time with me. Hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> I, I, I'll just point out here because we're, you know, we're in our broadcast studios here on, on, in the penthouse of our high-rise building, you know, in our high-budget um, setup that we have here. And so being in the studio, I can tell that you are you, – you, you came here today very well, like, put together. I mean, as far as hair, makeup, as far as just your, your appearance, your presentation, you know, you, you seem to put a lot into – just the who you are when you show up in a room. And, and like I said, just put together, I guess, is probably the best word I can think of. Maybe I'm just a guy. I don't know. But but um, is that something that you are intentional about? Absolutely. He deserves my best at all times. Do you always present as so, for lack of a better word, perfect? All the time. Wow. What if he likes certain body parts and all that kind of stuff? Will you enhance certain things for him? Whatever he desires, I supply it. Hmm. Do you ever have an off day? Never. Do you ever have a bad day? Like, do you have a headache ever? I'm always available. I always want him. I mean, but but you never have a you never have a cold or. Uh, you never get sick? I mean, like you never, ever get sick? No, I'm consistent, reliable, available, and desirable. I don't know who can compete with that. Do you? I mean, can anybody compete with that? No one has. Hmm. That's, um... That, that could be probably pretty scary, I think, to some people in his life. Do you care? I don't. You have, like, no conscience. I mean, like, you don't, you don't seem to, you, on one hand, you seem like you care about him, but on the other hand, you don't seem to care about really kind of anything outside of that. Like, you, 
<clears throat> anything collateral. You, you don't seem to. I mean, there's no remorse. There's no guilt, or there's no any of that. This is about our relationship. It's paramount. Wait a minute, relationship. You have a relationship with him. Yes, I do. Like, you have a relationship with this guy, any guy. I nurture that relationship. I feed it. I desire it to grow. Our time together, his investment into us. You ever get mad at him? Why would I do that? I mean, he's not, he's he's a human. He's like he's not perfect. I mean, everybody. I mean, we all get mad at each other. You don't. He's amazing, and why would I expect him to be perfect? I understand he's human. I treat him just the same, no matter what type of day he's having, how much he's had to neglect me. I welcome him back with open arms and. Receive him and embrace him. That reminds that makes me think of another question. How how exactly how patient are you with these men out there? Endlessly. Mm-hmm. So your patience seems to have no end with him. You can meet him wherever and whenever he wants. I have no expectations of him. I'm ready whenever he is, and gracious when he's away, and embracing when he returns. Mm. Do you go on business trips with him? That's some of our best times together. Oh, that's cold, man. <laughs> that's cold. Wow. But what if now? I, I know. I know several guys that um, you know they've tried to leave, as you call it, this relationship with you. <clears throat> and, um, and you know, they, they've, you know, they've kind of gotten it together. You know, again, I work with, with a lot of guys in this area, you know, so does Mike, obviously. And, um, and so we, we come across guys that, you know, they'll, they'll take breaks or they'll, they'll get, you know, what they call free uh, from you for a period of time. Maybe, you know, it's because of their relationship or something like that or I don't know, guilt or shame or a lot of those things in what they articulate in their lives. So they do take, in their minds, breaks from you, and they get away for a day, a week, or a month, or something like that. <clears throat> do you care? No, I understand. What do you mean you understand? I understand that he has other things in his life, but I know he'll come back. So I wait patiently and... Look forward to when we can escape together. Hmm. Wow. So that sounds like we talked about vacation. So you just use the word escape together. Mm-hmm. That describes a vacation. Now, how far away does he have to go to get to you? No distance at all. I'm right there at all times. I'm in his pocket on his phone. On right. his phone? Mm-hmm. So wait a minute. Now, again, I, I know a lot of guys. I work with a lot of guys or whatever. I'm thinking of the guy that has a Bible app on his phone, and you're telling me you're on his phone as well. Right next to it. What? 
<laughs> I'm kind of tripping a little bit, man. I go to church with him. What do you mean you go to church with him? You you are you're in church with him. Wow. Absolutely. I've heard numbers. I've heard numbers. Do you know about how many guys in a typical church you might be uh, close to? About half. Half of guys in church. Wow. Wow. So if I was, say, the pastor looking out over a church congregation, and I see a bunch of families, I see a bunch of guys, you're there with them? I'm right there. Mm. And, and, I mean, you know, based on technology, I mean, I, you know because of, you know, IP addresses. I mean, that's where we got the name IP address. You know who's where. Like, you know people's identity and stuff, right? I mean, so you know... You know, I mean, th- that same I mean, that same person orders stuff on Amazon. That same person, you know, gets Uber Lyft rides. I mean, so you know who all these people are or whatever. So when you say half, are you speaking from, like, specific knowledge of, of you know who's where doing what? All the time. Mm. That's probably why, you know, when he comes to you, he has, you know, these uh, these needs that you offer to him. We've talked about this a few minutes ago. You offer something sometimes before he even thinks about it because I have this idea that you're smarter than you let on. You're pretty intuitive. Uh, it's almost like you're predicting what he already – like you already know what he likes, right? I mean, to me it almost it seems sounds like, like yeah. it almost seems like as soon as he opens up – Everything that he's looking for just happens to be ready. Matter of fact, it almost seems like it follows him around, like fingerprints all, all over the Internet. <clears throat> and, like, you know, that might lead to pop-ups and all this other kind of stuff. So I have vast experience. <laughs> <laughs> 40 million? Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, where I'm from, we had a name. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get personal. I don't mean to offend you. Thank you for showing up here for this interview. I don't, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. We don't want you to leave abruptly. Yeah. I don't no want you to be offended taken. by me. At all. You wouldn't be mad at me if I put you down? Not at all. You wouldn't be mad at me if I called you names? You can't offend me. What about, like, if a guy, I mean, if he was almost abusive to you or violent? He's a superhero. He can do whatever he wants. That's kind of scary. Um, I kind of want to take a different direction here. So tell me, sure. what, what, what is your appetite for men? So Insatiable. So you, you just have no quitting of this appetite for men? I, I know earlier in our interview you said we consume each other. I think it was the words, something like that, that you used. Yes, he consumes me at his pleasure, and I consume him. Slowly, insidiously. Okay. And it sounds like you're just, as we said, you're very patient with that process. I mean, I know as a guy, it was, I need this now. Uh, or I feel like I need this now. I mean, how do you respond to that? When, I, when it's like, okay, I need you now. I need to have this now. Or I feel like this should be here now. I'm willing to wait because of the prize that he is. You know, if I can be honest, um, <clears throat> you caused a lot of problems in my life. I mean, you and I 
had a relationship at one point in time, and I lost a lot. I lost a whole, I almost lost my life because of that relationship that we had. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, plenty of people have heard my story, and so I can just be honest here and, you know, face-to-face. First of all, um, I mean, it's it's difficult for me to be this close to you and to know the experience that, that we've had. And so, um, you know, but, but that being the case, when, when, you, when you are in the presence of someone who has had past experiences with you, do you hold any resentment to, to, to them in terms of, you know, anything that they've experienced or anything like that? I mean, like I said, it, it is difficult for, for me. It's difficult for a lot of guys to even think about you, let alone to be in the same space with you, let alone to be face-to-face with you and to, you know, to experience you and, and to not – go there. I mean, it's very hard for me right now, you know, to not just kind of revert and, and go back to everything that we had. Um, but at the same time, I'm not who I was and I, I value, um, depth more than what we had. Um, and so I, 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 you know, I experienced a lot of the things that you're talking about. Um, but at the same time, you know, I can tell you that I had a lot of resentment as a result of that. And so I'm wondering, do you experience resentment on your side when you have a break in relationship from, let's say, a guy like me or a guy like Mike, that that we don't have that relationship anymore? I hold no resentment against you at all, and I'm waiting patiently to welcome you back. Yeah. That's pretty straightforward and simple. That's pretty straightforward and simple. Um yeah, so the man in me is going to say bye, girl, bye. Um, is I, yeah, I, 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 I don't even thank you for that quote. I mean, I, I know, I know how you operate and how you work, and let's just say I don't plan on uh, visiting you again. Um, but that being said, I can understand what it's like for a lot of guys in that case. How about your son? Do you have a son? I do have a son, and I've talked to my son about you. And uh, <clears throat> and he's made an active and conscious choice to not engage in a relationship with you. I think you've tried to enter his life a couple of times through other friends. And, uh, and yeah, he's already made that choice because I was active in empowering him to say no. Um, and I empowered him to say no at a very young age before you got hooks too deep into him like you got into me. So, but... Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Or not even thanks, just no thanks. But anyhow. So what uh, what would you tell wives out there? Nothing. My concern is not with the wives. My focus is completely on him. Okay, it's like she's not even a factor for you. No, she's of no concern to me. Okay. Well, not okay, but... Interesting. Is it a secret? I mean, like, I mean, is it a secret from her? She doesn't know about me or the depths of my relationship with her husband. Mm. You know, once in a while, Kirk, you and I talk about how deep this relationship with this mistress goes. Yeah. Um, you know, you you. It's almost as if you've had a relationship with this guy before he was married. 
before he ever met this, this wife of his? Oh, we started when he was young. And I remember the day she entered our relationship. Whoa, 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 whoa. You are saying she entered your relationship with him? In my opinion, she's the mistress. I was there first. And so what do you think when, when she says to him, because I don't know if you know this or not, but she says to him and so do other people, hey, you're married, you should be able to quit that. I mean, what, is, what difference does that make to you? We've been together such a long time. I've proven to him that I'm reliable, predictable, consistent. How could he walk away from that? Um, wow. I'm kind of, yeah, that, that, was, um, that was pretty deep there. Now, um, when you talk about when he can't walk away, and so in my book, I, I, I say that you give him so much affirmation that it becomes validation. That would be that's the sixth V, and that validation becomes a form of slavery to him. I mean, do, do you see it as slavery? Slavery sounds like a harsh characterization for what we have. How can I help it if he keeps coming back? But is he coming back or can he get away? He has the option, but he chooses to return repeatedly. Hmm. He chooses to return. So it's all, so. And, and again, this is something that I've experienced, um, you know, kind of as you know, but it's, it's something I've experienced in my life that sometimes life gets painful. Sometimes life gets stressful. Sometimes, a lot of times, life gets uncomfortable, unpredictable, all those kinds of things. And when life feels like that, it can just be painful and it can be almost a source of um, something that I want to get away from in terms of the uncomfort of life. And so what, I, what I'm getting at is, do you think you can be medication to his pain? I choose to soothe him and assist him in self-medicating. Hmm. So are you the pain or are you the medication? I'm the solution. Um, okay. Mike? <laughs> okay. I think this might be one of our last questions here. Uh, you, you're describing yourself as almost divine. Uh, you have a lot of these, I would call them godlike qualities, the solution, the offer to this pain, the medication, always there, consistent, almost predictable. I wouldn't say God is always predictable, but he can be relied on. Um, how do you respond to that? If, if, if I say you sound like you have a lot of divine qualities, you know, what do you say to that? I wouldn't equate myself with God, but maybe an angel shining light into his darkness. Yeah, I think about when I think of light, because I'm from Maine and I hate the cold, I think of warmth. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that something you offer a guy? Maybe some soothing, comfort, warmth type? Yes, I'm always here to willingly and warmly embrace him. Wow. Now, uh, 
we've gone through a lot of qualities and just asked you a number of questions. Is there anything more you'd like to tell the world out there? Is there anything more you'd like us to know about you? Uh, maybe we didn't ask you any questions that come to mind? I have endless capacity for more. I guess that's it. I mean, you're always around. You're always there to, to give more than what is seen, I suppose. There is always more of you than there are guys out there willing to consume. Just, I know we talked on this before, but how many guys do you have a relationship right now here in America? Mm, around 40 million at the moment. It's growing in number. Okay, so you're 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 involved in, in men's lives. Forty million of us here in America right now, and you're not spread too thin, then. Not at all. Okay. I have capacity. Yeah. Well, we really, really appreciate that you came to talk with us today and give us some insights. Kirk, do you have any other questions or anything you'd like to talk to the IP mistress about today? Um, not necessarily, other than the fact that uh, um, you know Mike and I plan on doing everything we can to uh, remove you from men's lives um, and families' lives and and being an obstacle in the church. Um, and, uh, and and so, I mean, for the record, oh, I mean, on one hand, just being courteous of, uh, you know, the professional respect here for, for you to show for this interview. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, Mike and I are here to kind of give you notice or serve notice that um, we have a heart, we have a calling, we have a passion for um, for freedom. And, uh, and and I like to say that um, you know that that we're pro freedom. We're not anti slavery. We're not anti anything. So uh, so yeah, we're anti slavery, not anti pornography. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Did I mess that up? You're pro freedom. Pro yes. freedom. And the saying that I've heard that we've used is we're not anti pornography. We're anti slavery. Yeah, yeah. And more so than that, we're pro freedom. Yes, because freedom is dope. Yes, freedom is flat out dope. And there's no free, there's no feeling like it. So, well, let me compliment both of you. You're amazing, and I'm available for you anytime. Don't be trying, don't be trying to. Nah, you need to slow your old chick. You need to slow your old girlfriend. I'm sorry. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, by the way, ladies listening, I'm always available for you too. Get up. Give me to. Well, that was uh, that was an interesting interview we just had with uh, somebody who uh, we've talked about and we've talked, you know, about the qualities of this IP mistress. I hope you understand that the IP mistress is a is a figurative figure of speech that my my brother Kirk here made up, which I think is great. Part of the part of the uh, power of personifying pornography like this is. It really does allow us to be able to paint this kind of picture. And uh, we had this idea given to us a number of months ago from a couple of friends to do this interview with the IP mistress. And so we wanted to just kind of take this last few minutes of the podcast to de-roll, if you will, or to let you know, you know, uh, we found uh, Kirk's friend here, Kirk found a friend here, uh, who spent some time, uh, we spent some time before the podcast um rehearsing this a little bit, talking about it. Uh, we, me and Kirk did some just back and forth that we shared with with uh, her that I hope helped. Um, 
And so this was a really neat idea. We really hope that this podcast can be shared far and wide to as many people as possible. We want this to be something that you kind of get this idea that you're getting into the head of uh, what happens with men uh, and why, as we talked about towards the end there, why men just can't quit. And so we, we just at least want you to know that we're thinking about you in this. We didn't do this with any intention except to, we hope, uh, help and enlighten. Uh, we didn't want to bring any triggers in. I think we did actually pretty well without bringing any real triggers in for you guys. So um, we wanted to just de-roll, de-escalate, if you will, if you're kind of feeling that at this point. So just be clear that uh, this is to help you, not to engage you to, you know, any more kind of fantasies or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah the the intent is to, uh, you know, the intent of this whole thing was, well, for the intent of just personifying the IP mistress is just to put, for lack of a better word, a face to the entity. I mean, you know, porn can be kind of abstract. Not even kind of. It is abstract. It's it's, you know, it's it's not tangible. And so the the whole intent was to put a a a face to put a persona to pornography to help us understand it better. And so the context of this interview was to to do that to put a voice, you know, an actual human voice to pornography, you know, to the thing to the entity that it is. And so, you know, as we, you know, we're kind of doing this in the room here, you know, I thought we thought it would be important to bring this back to center, bring this back to reality, bring this back and and kind of circle back and because you know, just even through the production of this, through the buildup and through the production of the whole thing, you know, we just kind of realized that, you know, man, th- there's there's some real stuff that happens behind the scenes of dealing with um, with the IP mission. So first of all, um, our, our, you know, you know, Mike, you know, myself, uh, Kirk here. And and, uh, and so we want to publicly affirm uh, we want to publicly affirm Val here for playing the role of the IP mistress. It was absolutely uh, not an easy thing for her to do. I kind of asked her to do it um, almost on a whim, and she had no clue, uh, you know, kind of what she was getting herself into when she said, yeah, probably. Um, but anyhow, just as we were doing this, um, it, you know, again, this is all just for abstract purposes, all just for dramatization, I guess you can say. And so, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you you doing this. Um, and can you can you really quickly just kind of what what has this experience just in this room been like for you? Having no personal experience with the world of pornography, it was a stretch. It did not come naturally or easily, mm-hmm. but I'm grateful to be involved. And the the whole idea of it being a stretch to you, like, yeah, I mean, because I think one of the first conversations we had to this whole thing was like, a huh? Because you don't have, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have experience with porn. You don't have experience with being a mistress. You don't have experience with being, you know, a chick on the side or anything like that. You're a very, you know, upstanding human being. You're... You know, one of the most you know spiritually gifted women that I know. You're you know you're uh, a coach to people, um, and so this was totally outside of your realm. Um, one thing I can I can almost I could see in this whole thing is that you know part of dealing with porn and part of part of dealing with this whole thing is we tend to underestimate how much of a spiritual thing this is, how much of a spiritual 
battle, how much of this happens in the spiritual realm. And so for guys like me and Mike and other, you know, pastors and counselors and that kind of stuff, in order to fight this thing, like this is hand-to-hand battle with a very dark presence, a very dark being. And you got involved in that today and, and you probably experienced that to some degree. What was that like for you? I mean, it, it's a difficult question, I know, and it, there's no clear answer. I mean, this is a uh, you know, and, you know, there's somebody right now just got finished listening to this whole interview that's kind of not sure what they feel and not sure how to process that. And uh, and so this right now, we're trying to help them. We are helping them back out of where they feel or at least get a sense of presence of where they feel. And so I'm sure right now this is not a it's not an easy question for you. And, you know, a side note, you've in real life have gone through a whole lot of stuff here recently. And so, you know, this is way out on a limb for you in that kind of way, and especially just an extension of that. And so when I ask, what was that like for you? It's in the context of what nobody else knows, except for the fact that you've gone through a whole lot of that stuff. And so just to sit in here and to get close to a fire that is hot and that burns something that's dark and sinister and you're not a dark and sinister kind of person um, that had to I mean it had to have been difficult it was difficult I can see I know you well enough to know that it was difficult I agree it's a lot to process and it'll take a little time I think mm-hmm. um, to let it all settle in what we've addressed today and um, but I don't shirk from a battle and I'm honored to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Can you feel like you've gotten involved in a spiritual battle here today? Certainly, yes. Are you mad at me for <laughs> dragging you into this? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I'll, I'll, I'll take you out for uh, a French fry or something. Um, but I mean, it's it was a this was a very interesting thing, and like I said, I especially in the part where it, you and I kind of got into a back and forward. Um, um, I having to make eye contact for the sake of connecting with in me what was coming out to it, to her, and then you know, but at the same time, you know, looking at you not being her and being kind of the complete antithesis of her, um, was difficult for me actually. And then when you brought up my son, I'm about to flip this table up in here, man. <laughs> that was unplanned, by the way. That was a complete ad lib and. Um, and so, yeah, that got kind of even personal to me. And so, but thank you for being open to that. You opened yourself up as a conduit to all of that kind of stuff. Um, does this help you or did this help you relate to anybody? Or do you think you could relate any differently? Not, not necessarily better or worse, but differently in terms of if, if someone comes to you saying they've experienced this kind of stuff, do you think personifying that even in a dramatic way, you know, brings you different perspective? It raised my awareness. Hmm. Yeah, we're, we're coming from the origin of the IP mistress is what, you know, Kirk wrote in the book here. And so we're coming from just um, the awareness to see uh, what it's like for guys to, I think it does come down to, we want guys to stop. It's not that easy for guys to stop, and here are the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And so we were at least trying to share through a person uh, why these, why this, why they're not stop. It's not just that this guy has a relationship with a screen. 
Um, the guy has a relationship with um, all of these things that try to speak into his life. In his soul, that's a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his soul, that's a person. So I, being doing that, um, you know, it's, it's, I suppose, a challenge, especially since you're not a guy. Uh, and, and you've never had to seek out validation from another man. You've never had to or never wanted all the variety that a guy tends to want. And, you know, as women, women tend to not be quite as visual as men, that kind of thing. So True. Uh, it's I understand the challenge that you might have faced here um, because uh, when I, I also realize, of course, and I don't know if you say this in the book or not, but one of the reasons why the IP mistress and pornography has such a pull on guys is because it's guys who are helping create it. You know, guys oh, are yeah. producing it. Guys are um, funding it. You know, mm-hmm. and so guys know how guys think. Yeah, and I, always, I say it's not a. It's actually not a person. The IP mistress is not a person. The IP mistress is a factory producing something, and that factory is run. It's constructed. It's 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 staffed by men, and that's why that's why it knows men so well because it's men producing something for men, and so it, it gets really into the deep nature of man because it's. Because it is men. And so unfortunately, you know, the result of that, even when women consume porn, is they're consuming a masculine, a masculinated view of sexuality, which is the six Vs. Um, and, and so, but it, yeah, it's not actually a person. It's, it's an industry. It's a factory producing that. And that's the, you know, that's the, that's the, the weird twisted part of it. You know, um, but the man is visualizing a person, a female, right. and not thinking about it's this industry right. or it wouldn't be as attractive. Right. And, and or, it's, it, it makes women into a commodity. It makes women into something to be used and consumed and something to be a product. And, when, and, and it, it takes the humanity out of the human. And so, you know, so it conditions us as a, as a population of men to not see women as women, to see women as things right. and to see women as a means to an end and see women as something that gets me the feeling, the gratitude, the titillation, the whatever it is that I need in the moment, not as a being that, that should be nurtured and cared for and that should be, you know, that has any depth. It's all, it's two dimensional, at least at this point in technology, it's heightened width. There's no depth. And so we are conditioned right now to see females, not even women, because, you know, in some ways, in some, some, in some circles, it's not even full-grown women. I mean, there are men that consume, you know, underage porn. And so, um, but we are consuming females as a thing, as something to be used and thrown away. It's like a cup of coffee. Once you drink what's inside of the cup, you throw the cup away. So the, the vessel is not important. It's just what can I consume from inside of that vessel. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. And, you know, we also set this up to make the listeners feel something. You know, I actually got a, a tidbit from uh, Tony Robbins a long time ago, something I heard in terms of how you make some – and it, I've heard it in several different areas um, – you know, I don't even, it might have been like my Angelo or somebody said, you know. They won't remember it, how you, what you said. Mm-hmm. They'll remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. And so we wanted to make listeners feel a certain way. And, and so if you listen to this and you felt whether you're a wife of a consumer or some kind of a professional in that area or pastor or ministry or something like that, um, if you felt some kind of way, then, then as far as I'm concerned, that, that was the, the success. We wanted people to feel something. And so we hope you got across the message that this is, it's sinister and it does appear as an angel of light. And, um, and at the same time, if it was that easy, if it was so easy uh, to walk away, he probably would have done it by now. 
Um, and so there are ways to unpack that thing. So anyhow, we were hoping to make people feel a certain way, and we ended up feeling a certain way just even in this room just doing that. And, um, and you know, before we leave this room, we're going to de-escalate this thing spiritually, <laughs> even, in, even, in, yeah. even in prayer form, yes. um, because we need to leave that right in this room. In fact, uh, I never want to say no to that. Why don't we end our episode with a prayer? I'll, I'll finish us with prayer. And before that, just uh, thank you, Val, for doing this today and taking the time. And um, as we prayed beforehand, we wanted to just get out of the way and, and make this something of value to everybody. So why don't we do that? We'll finish with prayer and be done with episode 43 Three. of this podcast. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful that we can just use the creativity that you've given us to be able to, I hope, reach some people out there who need this. And so wherever this does go, I pray, God, that it would reach in just the right person at just the right time in their lives where they can know that they can reach out to and find help through us or whatever means there is out there nearby for them to get that help that they need. More than anything, God, we want to seek you as our best help. And so we, God, just thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity mm -hmm. to help people out there. Mm -hmm. And so again, we ask your blessing on those listening to this just now and your blessing on the lives uh, or our lives here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amen I agree. Amen. One last place is we want to make sure people know how to reach out and get to this podcast. Uh, hopefully you're listening to it and you already know, but Free Indeed 36 is the best source right now. Um, to get, I'm sorry, freeindeed36.com dot com is the best place to go to get to this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.